Hello and welcome to Talking Hoosier Baseball. Today is Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. I am Carl James, joined by Chris Feeney and Cassidy Palmer. Uh, the Indiana Hoosiers have started the season out four and four. Um, uh, losing both opening series two to one, but uh, getting out with uh, winning the Sunday games. Um, Indiana has also won its two midweek games. Um, this is our first show of the year, so we're actually going to uh, cover both weeks up till now um, and have some discussion about that, uh, including uh, two sets of red belts that Chris is going to get to hang hand out. Um, but we're just going to kind of get started with uh, with our general conversations, uh, and we'll uh, pass it on over to Cass. Why don't you get us going, Cass? Looking a, a little more based on the uh, the Texas series, um, which seemed to definitely be death by a million ground balls. Uh, I, I was kind of interested in looking at the the rate of ground balls hit. Uh, kind of across the season so far and looking at it, it just looking straight wins and losses there's not a huge difference uh, at least so far anything I say there's a little bit of grain of salt there because it's early season and numbers are small and that's when you get fun data uh, but when you look by breakdowns for uh, the Auburn series, the Texas series, and then the couple of midweeks combined, uh, there is a pretty stark difference. That that Texas series, uh, 42% of at-bats were ground ball, whether that's a hit, an error, or a ground ball out. Uh, 42% of, of the at-bats were ground balls of some variety. Against Auburn, that was... 34%, and in the midweeks, where, where the bats were really doing well, uh, that was about 31%. So not a huge difference between Auburn and midweeks, but pretty big jump to that Texas average. And so far, I'm, I, I'm willing to count that as a fluke so far, because all of the other numbers are landing more toward that 30-ish percent. Uh, but you could just see as soon as there was a little bit of momentum, oh, ground into double play. Oh, fielder's choice. Oh, ground ball, ground ball, ground ball. Uh, at times that seemed almost worse than strikeouts. Like on those double plays, it was like, oh, could you not have just struck out? So uh, that was the thing that stood out to me uh, with that series that, again, so far seems to be fluke-ish. Uh, we'll see if that stays the case as we go on and i think we just didn't see a lot of you know we didn't see a lot of a lot of hard hit balls in the air yeah. um the few hard hit balls that were in the air uh ended up getting collected for outs so it that kind of and again it, you like you said i think a lot of it was magnified by the situations yeah. that <clears throat> and of course you're in an early season where it's where with a team that texas that has that had shown some struggles with their bullpen. Mm -hmm. So the thought was, Oh, you want to run up pitch counts. And the worst thing you can do is early in counts hit ground balls when right. you're trying to run up pitch counts. So, right. uh, but like, like I think like you said, and uh, again, I asked this coach last night and, and he said that they were kind of concerned, although they were, 
weren't really able to point to like any like particular behavior or anything that might have been causing it. And then the first inning against Butler, every ball was getting hit into yeah. the air. So yeah, when I was I, I was going through, I was following along at while I was working, and and I I messaged uh, my boss with the first five at bats have been five hits, four of them doubles, and he's like, oh wow. Yeah. So, yeah. so, and I, I know you're you're dealing with a different type and level of pitching, but uh, I, I I think our initial concerns it just it just kind of felt like my goodness, there's so many ground balls. But right. um, but again, I think overall, I mean, I haven't looked at the actual year to year comparisons, but it, it feels that. like strikeouts strikeouts are less. Where we're feeling a lower strikeout rate than we're used to seeing this time of year, or at the very least no worse yeah i'd have to look i mean we know it's we know it's better than that that, than that that series we had at tennessee a couple years ago (laughs) and that would have been this past weekend that was the second weekend of the year yeah Yeah. that was that was bad yeah it was was like 22 in one game wasn't it or something yeah yeah something really bad i want to say we had a we pitched a bunch of strikeouts too and it was like just lots of strikeouts so but I think part of it also comes from a few of our guys that were expecting their bats to pick up a little bit, just haven't yet. I have full faith that they will. Yeah. But we've got a few guys who, who are batting a bit lower than, than you would expect. Yep. And some of it, it's, and looking- been, it's been cold so far. Pretty much everywhere we've been playing, it's been at least chilly, if not cold. <laughs> And so that does impact how well the ball flies. We've always known that. Yeah. And you also don't have a ton of accurate video on all the pitchers yet. And that's one of those things that, that, that also helps throughout the year, especially the way this team preps for, for pitchers, Mm -hmm. the ability to see it. You're going to, you're going to come up and face a guy and be like, yeah, we didn't know that he had a change up in his profile. (laughs) And all of a sudden you're, yeah, suddenly you're dealing with a changeup and you're getting on top of it and hit the ball into the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of looking at the uh, at the batted ball percentages that D1 provides and seeing if I can see patterns. And really, I don't because no. because you have essentially like the breakdowns in um, ground ball, line drive, and fly ball are practically identical mm-hmm. for Jesse and Matheson. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And and Jesse's and granted Matheson's numbers got a lot better after yesterday, but Jesse's numbers were in his 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 standard numbers were far had, had yeah. been far superior. It's, yeah, it's still 158 yeah. points but, different. But that actually hasn't been Carter's problem. Carter's actually been hitting yeah. when he's been making contact, he's hitting the ball in the air. So yeah. Um so he's doing what he's supposed to be doing there. It's just yeah, yeah uh and he did he obviously had that grand slam. So oh, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think it, that was the best. Uh, <laughs> I got in trouble. I was down by the media well and Willie let us sit, you know, to get video and stuff. And I'm cheering and looking at me. I just left out of there. I never went back to that game because of that. The first two games I had to go down there like three, four times to get videos and pictures. Mm-hmm. But they were pissed that I was cheering in that little well. So eh, I just didn't go back again. That's how you start a game. Yeah, I mean, what you're saying with the ground balls and everything, though, I think we still have to give the pitchers that we're facing credit because oh, these yeah. arms are not arms we're used to. 
like Carl said, there's not a lot of video. And they're also good arms, right? A yeah. Sunday guy in the SEC probably is a Friday guy in the Big Ten, right? Uh, a guy coming out of the pen in the SEC or the Big 12 might be starting in the Big Ten. So these are good arms. And sure, I was disappointed with the offense the first couple of games. And, you know, you, you wish you took advantage of opportunities that were there. <laughs> there wasn't even that many. But when they do come up and you're going ground ball, double play, ground ball, double play, yeah, it's right. frustrating. But I, I think we got to give the arms – some credit right it's not just that oh, we yeah. were oh, yeah. you know we we're facing good pitching oh, yeah. and, and i think yep. it showed i'm proud of, of of getting out of there with two wins out of the six games honestly oh yeah yep um if one of those was a sweep i think i would have been like okay you know we got swept by a team at least we kept it close the frustrating thing to me was knowing that we could have won the texas series let's be honest oh yeah you know they had a couple of big innings on us and and that's why we lost you know that series was there for the taking. I don't care how many of those reporters put the Texas logo in those boxes. No one wanted to take us, but we could have won that series. I know we could have. Yeah. And I think it shows Absolutely. big time uh, future for this team. Um, it was for the taking. It really was. Well, you got a lead in the eighth inning on Friday night, right? Didn't work out. I, you know, it happens, but it's not like these games were blowouts in any way. I didn't feel overmatched in any way. Um, yeah. you know, we felt a little overmatched in, uh, you know, opening weekend for a while, but you know, Auburn's a the first team. game in particular, but a yeah. lot of that was just the defense, yeah. the, the, the defense first game out on dirt was, yeah. was a struggle. And the second game, we only had the one run, right. And it wasn't really rallies. There wasn't anything. Yeah. So yeah, I felt a little overmatched. Um, but to get that, to get out of this Sunday, the way we did with that big, easy win was great. And the, and it's another thing is it's, Winning on Sunday against power programs like this is not supposed to be easy. No. Of course not. The power programs are so good because of how deep they are. And the fact that that Indiana is is back to the kind of depth that we were used to, to where, you know, Sunday games are – your Sunday and midweeks are the strength. The last Big Ten championship, we that was the strength. It was – you know, I think what was it? We 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 figured it out it was uh, went four and four on Fridays, went like six and two on Saturdays, and went seven and one on Sundays. Yeah, Gordon and Sal Frank like never lost. That's what that yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. But again, that's what I'm saying. The the pitchers we're facing in Auburn, in Texas, is different. The guys we're going to face Friday night, East Carolina, they're good. They're not Texas yeah. Auburn good, I don't think. But they're going to have some guys to roll out there against this Friday night. They're going to be quality arms, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's a test. It's a test for our bats. But, yeah, did I feel overmatched a little bit against Auburn in the first two games? Yes. In no way did I against Texas that entire weekend. But we know our bats can face that type of elite hitting. I mean, oh, elite yeah. pitching. They've done it before. They, they, have, they have put big numbers up on some of the Big Ten's absolute best pitchers last year. Yeah. Yeah. Draft picks. We sent draft picks yeah. off the mound to the dugout. Yeah. yeah. It's true. But yeah, overall, it's it was great to be back at the games. Obviously, road trip, getting out there, hanging mm-hmm. out with you guys. And, you know, and even I haven't been able to get to these home games because they're Tuesdays at four o'clock. <laughs> I always work late on Tuesdays, but um, it, it's great to see, you know, they're playing real good at home. Um, Carl, you were there. Like, how, how was the crowd? Like, what? Was it, was it a big crowd? I couldn't get a really feel. Wasn't a huge crowd, but it was. It wasn't a small crowd either. So nice. I mean, it was the weather a, was, it was great. Decent, it was a decent. 
It's it's what you would expect for a you know I, I, it was about as best as you would expect expect for the you know mid fifties with a with an early start. So I was nice. I thought it was yeah, it's good to hear yeah. though. It's good people are getting interested. Obviously, you know, get through this weekend and we got a home weekend. So that's when you really see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was just looking at kind of going on the early season and and on the road and typically against decent opponents. I went back to those 13, the 13, 14 years real quick uh, as a reference point, because those were two of the absolute best regular seasons in -hmm. program history. 2013, at this point, so through two weekends of play, 2013, we were three and two. There was a canceled game and no midweeks. 2014, which I'd argue was the more talented team at this point in the season, two and five. Oh, yes. That 14 team was like 10 and 10 after like 20 games. It was weird. Yeah. And then we just boat raced the whole big time. This, this early part is always a slog. And so. And they could not hit. They were all in a massive slump to begin that season. Even Schwarber wasn't hitting to start that. Schwarber and Travis were not hitting to start that season. Right. Right. And so I, I always take anything at this point in time with a grain of salt because if we can run the Big Ten. What you don't take with a grain of salt, I don't think, is how we face up against quality arms. Oh, yeah. And against teams that know what they're doing, that have tradition, that are fundamentally strong. You know, that it's it was winnable and we played like it. We just didn't get two out of three each time. It didn't happen. The part that's bigger to me and and the part that was the bigger question mark coming in the pitching's been phenomenal it really has been better than i thought <laughs> i mean it really has been better it, than it i thought really i was has. i was t- i was a little like ah this is what they were saying last year and then we know what happened last year to start this has been right. really really great especially the uh, luke forget it yeah he's, he's he's fun to watch yeah and but that's a huge difference because while we know the bats will pick up because they always do year in and year out the start the the start of the season last year from a pitching perspective was i mean is nightmare too too rough of a term there because it was rough those oh, no, it was still going not, on I, it went on for six weeks right eight weeks. yes and at no point last year was there significant depth there no they had some weeks where they were really able to cover i mean they had some weeks where they covered two midweeks yeah and they managed to cover it well but it took a bunch of guys throwing and having relievers throw multiple innings and do well, which they did. Yeah. yeah. And to their credit, they had some just awesome weeks, but yeah. this is what we're seeing now. We're seeing, well, 17 arms have thrown mm-hmm. and, but look what they're doing yesterday. They had Ty Bothwell start the game and he was absolutely light out, lights yeah. out for the three batters he faced. Yep. And it, and and he got pulled because they have to give these guys. They are so deep. They have to give these guys innings. Yeah. You only have nine chances. You got to yeah. get nine guys out so, there. Yeah. So they have to give these guys. And and what did they do? They held Butler to two runs. Yeah. Throwing nine guys. Nine guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that to me, that's the right move right now. See who yeah. you can slot in for whatever chunks of time i know as we go on those chunks will get longer and longer i i asked coach that and that's not where they're going 
Oh, that. No, Ooh. they're looking at at, at, at the at the guys who have stuff, mm -hmm. at getting them into a position where they're going to be able to be available in any game yeah. to stack them up the sixth through the ninth inning. Yeah, yep. he, he oh, actually specifically brought up the sixth. He yeah. said, get it yep. to the sixth. Yep. It's basically what I've been wanting forever. Because if you go <laughs> read between the lines of what he's saying, yeah. is there's going to be a seventh, eighth, and a ninth guy, we just don't know who they are yet. Right. But that yeah. I, I, I was thinking more of the midweeks. Where oh, those we, are just fun not, for him. Those right, are fun we might, for him. We might not see nine pitchers every midweek. We might. Oh no, no, no! I don't. Especially, you never know. especially <laughs> if he, Well, I think this is the thing, though. If, there's going to be situations in which, so let's. I mean, I think it just depends on the scenario on the weekend. Yeah. So you take a weekend scenario where each of the starters goes six. Yeah. And you have and and it's a sweep, and you've got. You've got the the these high leverage guys that are going to be one inning guys. Well, if you've if you've used them heavily on the weekend in two or three games, then you're probably going to need to go with more of a, more somebody who is going to be a more of a command, not necessarily a stuff guy, but a command guy that can that can that can throw three to five innings. You know, yeah, yeah. But I, I love seeing the variety of pitchers. My scorecards don't like it, but <laughs> I enjoy it. I've only got five slots for pitchers in my scorecard. So you're gonna get a new midweek scorecard. Like, no. But I mean, Tuesday this, scorecard. Yeah. But this is what they've done without the starters being burned being built up yet. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, first of all, this is gonna bode well for RPI because we sh this team should be in really good shape to win the vast majority of midweek games yep. because of the depth that's there for midweeks. And given the fact the that there's only... I mean, well, there's we only play real two good teams, right? We only play Louisville and Kentucky in the midweek. Who else do we play? We've got two with Ball State. Are they good? Ball State's been better than IU the last two years. So <laughs> Really? All right. Yes. No, good. I want 40, them to be good. I just didn't know. They've won 80 games in the last two years. We've also got two oh. with Indiana State. Oh, and their rivalry games for Glant. You know, he's going to want to win those. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, our, and trust me. Our, our... I didn't realize we had any. I thought it was just Louisville, Kentucky. I thought and heck, look how, like... look how good Southern Indiana is doing in their first eight games uh... in, uh, in Division One. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. No, per, I'm not kidding. No, Purdue Fort Wayne is not someone I'm counting in this, but uh, no. right. No. <clears throat> yeah, that that better not be a competitive game. I'm just I'm gonna say yeah. that right now. That better not be a better competitive <laughs> game next week. The Mastodons need to go die quickly. Yes. Nice. And then the the first weekend at home, who's that again? Uh, Bellarmine. Bellarmine. They're not enough. They're, they're 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 they're. They're doing quite well. Um, oh, they're okay. born too. Okay. Um, I mean, they got beat by Southern Indiana, but <laughs> yeah, see. but they are foreign too. So Man, you got to play the schedule. I'm just saying, they were is. like, yeah, they won like, yeah, they had less than 20 wins last year. So That's they're insane. they're on they're on they're on a better path. Um, actually, the only the only team in our schedule that's on a bad path right now is Purdue Fort Wayne. Really. Yeah. Nice. So, I mean, obviously, some of the Big Ten teams have, well, that's, are that's playing. Different. Yeah, that's they're different. some of the Big Ten teams are taking. Um, 
Well, there's some of the Big Ten teams that are playing really tough, like Maryland, playing yeah. tough schedules. Um, there's teams playing tough schedules, like Illinois. They're doing quite well, and Iowa. Iowa beat LSU. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you also have Purdue, who is again playing a very cake schedule and winning. So you yeah. just don't. Some of those guys, you, you're just not going to know until they start really facing competition. That's always their strategy, though. They just collect wins early and then try to figure it out. Yep. Yeah. Northwestern, ooh, <laughs> it's not looking good right now. No good, huh? Yep. Didn't Penn State oh, take a game six, from Miami? Already had a sh- yes, and that? they and yeah. they almost took the series. They right. they really? had them. They had them on Saturday. Yep. But they wow. lost it late on Saturday. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I think the the Big Ten is going to be a better conference this year. Um, no one's really talked on a national level about IU yet, and I think that's just because. Because the the bat the hit the bat the bats haven't shown what they're capable of yet, yeah. Um, and because of that, no one's really paid a lot of attention. Um, and I think all of the attention in the Texas area was around Round Rock last week, and not yeah. the Texas series. Yeah. Um, and I think anybody who, if there had been a national person really paying attention to that series, I think they would have had to have been impressed with what Indiana put together. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But I just I this I I I can't imagine you know you wouldn't think we would be able to say this this early in the season but yeah I think this may be one of the deepest pitching staffs and yeah. that's saying a lot for an Indi- for for Indiana over the last decade because right. Indiana's had some very deep pitching staffs right. um, I'm thinking 2015 in particular yeah I mean that was one of those things went to that regional in Vanderbilt and even the national writers are like yeah Vanderbilt is by far the best team here. Indiana has the best bullpen. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I remember with that one in particular, Efros just going nuts against Vandy. And then. Yeah. He no was the best else, pitcher there. Right. No, yeah. one else he was the did. only, he was the only one who could contain him. Yeah. Yeah. They went on through that tournament pretty easily. That, that game yeah. against us was like one of the hardest games of the, of their run. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But, I mean, no, then there was Dansby sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> At least he's out of the NL East. Yeah. I think he's about. To, I think he's about to take off too. I, I think he's okay. he's about to become a a superstar. Yeah, he's a good player. He actually is. I was actually kind of hoping the Dodgers might would have would have would have bought would have bid on him there. <laughs> they <just laughs> got the money. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, and then the then, then then the Dodgers uh, shortstop then just blew out his ACL, so that was great. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's never good. And now they're all going into World Baseball Classic mode. Yeah, yeah. I saw my uh, my love hate relationship guy uh, Tommy Edmond oh. uh, made his way to uh, Korea. Is he? Yeah. Yep. He's yep. on the team. I think Pete Alonso is on the team. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just one. I. It, it's very much a lot. I still remember Will Nolden hanging over the fence too vividly to yeah. not have that little twinge. You know who was in the bullpen already won? Yeah. Joey Donato. Yep. Yeah, but he that would have turned. That... For the next guy. 
Yeah, that because that would have turned Edmund around to to his right side where he's strong. Oh no, right. Uh, Coach uh, Skip never said he was going to use him for him. Right. He was yeah. coming in. If, if he would have got through Edmund, Donato was coming in. Yeah. He was warm yeah. and ready. Uh, you know, he was warming up in the in the visitor bullpen because remember we were on the yep. other side. We were the visitors. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, since we brought up Joey Donato, should I do the belts? Sure. Yep. Let's do it. It might as well. All right. So for those who have never uh, listened to the show or watched, every week we give out red belts. Okay. One for offense, one for defense, one for pitching. The offensive red belt, Alex Dickerson Award. The pitching red belt is the Joey Donato Award. And the defensive one is Gold Glover, Tony Butler Award. Those who don't know, we did have a Gold Glove player come through nationally. Tony Butler was outstanding. If you never saw him play, you missed out, and he was a damn clutch hitter, too. So uh, shout out to those three. But we have two sets of, of games, right, because we didn't do a, a pod after the first series, so we're going to do that one first. Uh, this one was pretty easy for the offensive. As we sat there in Auburn and watched this man get on base five out of six times in an 11-2 to victory, Hunter Jesse, four hits. And it's because he cut the mustache off. So if you have a guy that sacrifices his mustache after two losses and the bats weren't hitting, he deserves an award, I think. Uh, he even gave us a little hat tip at the game, which I appreciated. Hunter Jesse gets the uh, yes. <laughs> Alex Dickerson award for week one. For the pitching award, I mean, I think this one is pretty obvious. It was Luke Sennard. He pitched an outstanding Sunday, five innings. Would they get one run off of him? I got the stats here. Uh, it, it was just a breath of fresh air to watch inning after inning him doing his thing. They looked off balance. They looked, you know, they didn't know what to do. He's throwing that cement mixer. Yeah, here it is. Five innings, one run, one and run in four Ks. And that was his first outing of the season against an SEC team. And I, if I remember correctly, that lineup wasn't too much different on Sunday than it had. Been. No. So it's not like they rolled the bench guys out on Sunday. Yeah. Right. They wanted the sweep and they didn't get it because Luke pitched yeah. outstanding. Yeah. And it was for pretty the, similar. Right. And uh, for the defensive award, Tyler Cerny, okay? The play he made at second base, if for those of you who didn't see it, we did get some video of it. We put it out on Twitter when it happened. The guy hit the ball. The angle of this thing, I don't even know how he was able to get to it, but it was an outstanding catch. It actually made top 10 uh, SEC uh, networks plays for the night, and, and it was really impressive. And to know where this young man has come from and to be playing his first freshman series to make a play like that, you know, on an SEC field, uh, he had to feel good. I'm sure his family felt real good, too. Um, so they all get one belt for that, right? And then now with the second week, we add these all up at the end of the year. I know you're very interested in how we do this. But we add them all up at the end, and then you have an award winner, whoever gets the most belts. So for the second weekend, uh, well, it's the same picture. I'm sorry, obviously. <laughs> Luke Sinard, five innings, okay? This time, two runs, but he had seven Ks. So he gave up uh, the same amount of hits, which is uh, pretty ironic, but he struck out three more batters and he did give up one more run. But again, the calming force after, I'm sure there was some frustration after Friday and Saturday, those close games that were winnable. You know, he, he really held the fort down and, and, and kept us there until the bats woke up in that beginning. Defensively, okay, there was actually, this one was debatable, but I had to give it to the guy from New Jersey. Uh, Peter Cerruto threw out four guys at second base in one game. All right. I know if you look at the thing, it says three court stealings because the one was a, a wild pitch, you know, and then they ran and he threw them out. But still, that's four. 
All right. So Cabs here came through big time. And uh, he actually started that rally offensively. If you remember, he got the pitcher to balk. Yeah. Okay. Yep. He balked, got Saruta to move up a base. And that started those four hits in a row um, for the beginning on Sunday. And offensively, again, we didn't have too much offense outside of that one inning. But in that one inning, when it came down to it, I don't know if tying that game there was enough, honestly. I don't know if we had another inning in us, right? How long did it take to get that inning? So Brock Tibbetts gets the Alex Dickerson Award for making sure we took the lead in that inning, right? For that double. And these were all two-out hits, right? So it was Pine, uh, Tibbetts, uh, Bobby Whalen was part of that. I can't think of who the fourth hit was, but – well, the fourth hit was Tibbetts, but there's another hit in there. Four two-out hits to score four runs. It was clutch. It was big time. And so Proc Tibbetts gets his first Alex Dickerson Award red belt. Peter Ceruto gets the Tony Butler. And Luke Sennard already with two in his pocket to start the year. So uh, those are our red belts. And, we, again, we keep it going every week. We keep it tally, and then we have a yearly battle. I wanted to throw yeah. in an honorable mention on the uh, defensive for week two, because uh, if, if Ceruto hadn't thrown out the four runners and, and commanded as well as he did, Josh Pine had the phenomenal uh, going into the stands play. Absolutely. No, he had it. He Pine did. had it. Pine had the award. Ceruto took it from him. He did. He took it from him. That, uh, that, one I, that play really was impressive. nuts. As much as I hate to call it the Jeter, he jeetered it, and it was he awesome. All did. right? That's the play. That's what he did. And yeah. really, absolutely. I, my fault for not even mentioning it when we were talking about it. I'm glad you brought it up. Absolute honorable mention. That's the closest you – like, he had the belt like it was halfway buckled, <laughs> and then Ceruto took it away. But it was fourth throw. I mean, come on. Yeah, you don't see that. Ever. I've never seen that. And, <laughs> but I mean, usually they stop running. Right. These guys just kept going. They, they didn't learn. No, no. Peter Ceruto, Cavs are here. Oh, it was great. The starting pitching all weekend was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Siler and, and Manasseh were both excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Siler could have – Siler was really good, and, and I thought about that one. Obviously, mm-hmm. the first weekend, Sonard had it, and it was yeah. – Yeah. No, the, yeah, again, that was that, – that, that was obvious. But Siler's, you know, Friday night in that environment, it yeah. really showed something. And, and a lot of people, a lot of fans, whether it was Twitter or Facebook and stuff like that, there was a lot of comments like, okay, we got a guy. Like, maybe they weren't as yeah. impressed the first time, or maybe they didn't get to see him, because he was more wild. He wasn't as sharp. And like, people were like, okay, we got a guy now. And, and he pitched really well, absolutely. Well, and to me, the thing that stood out was five innings on 64 pitches, and some of that was just that last inning. Uh, he had three innings with just 11 pitches. Nice. Like, that's how you go deep in the game. Right. That's the kind of efficiency we really like to see. Yep. And then you figure he was at a cutoff anyway. What was it, yeah. 65, maybe yeah. 70 pitches at this point in the season? Yep. They'll yeah. let him go longer later. Yeah. And then said he was at 58 through four. Mm-hmm. So, again, not bad. And I was, it was a lot harder to pick the winner the second weekend, that's for sure. Yeah. A lot of good pitching. Kraft, Kraft coming in with those uh, three Kraft, yeah. relief innings. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if we were. I, I was just thinking they keep, you know, another inning, another inning. But I was surprised. Coach pushed the right it button. Worked. It worked. Yeah. I won't say I was uh, for the move. Uh, I thought maybe now, okay, we got one. Okay, let's go. 
it was clear based on what coach said last night that because uh, he he kind of offered that up when we were asking when I asked about I was specifically asking about the freshman arms but what he kind of steered the conversation to was the guys with elite stuff so the freshman arms are part of that because they've got they've got the the the, the high velocity right handers yeah. um, but he was including uh, crafty in that conversation. Um, and I think he made a point of saying that we intentionally wanted to put him back out there in a, in a critical situation because they really, really believe in putting him into high leverage situations Mm -hmm. and that, that they were talking about that, trying to set up this one inning deal, you know, where, where people are going to have innings and uh, it sounds like craft is part of that conversation. Um, now probably more focused. I don't know if it's going to be specific innings though, Chris, I think it may be which guys go will depend on where they are in the order because they're going to want to use craft in parts of, or the order where they're going to have, uh, strong left-handed hitters. Yeah. Right. So, well, but the thing that really struck me with craft was because he had pitched the day before. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that was the thing. Yeah, was the, and, and it was. And I think it was. His, they, 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 they intentionally ran him back out there because they're yeah. like, they knew he was capable. So yeah. but it's not like they hit the cover off the ball. I don't think a ball left the infield. No. Uh, no. Walk, it, walk, bunt, single. The, right. Kennedy bunt singles were frustrating because yeah. you knew yeah. they were coming. But then another walk. No, right. I'm uh, not saying he was. You know, base, he was sharp. Base, but it's not like they were rocking on. doubles on him. Right. Yeah. He just wasn't as sharp as. Right. as we've come to expect right but then he he was right on it uh in game three yep so. yeah but i think that was just it was just there were there were there's the frustration because of what we saw last year with so many innings starting off with walks yep. um and we just haven't seen you know i mean not saying we haven't they haven't seen walks there have been walks yeah um but at no point has it, and we've seen innings where they, they build up the bases. But in very few situations, has that gotten out of hand? And in the yeah. case of Kraft's inning, it took an air to get that to go out of hand. So right, 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 right. But that's even across the board. Uh, we haven't seen on the pitching defensive end. We haven't seen many what I would call true snowball innings. There, oh no! There, not, there not was that that one in in game two where it was aided by an error. That that was snowball light. I'm gonna call it. Um, it was competitive though. I mean, it was, it was competitive. We, it was, we had innings last year that were non-competitive. Oh yeah. Oh so, yeah. We haven't had but anything like, like well, that yet. But like at Auburn, it was lots of twos. Right. Well, like nothing, nothing crazy. Like, ooh, we gave up eight runs this inning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is the thing. So if we look here, going backwards in time here, two runs, two runs, five runs, four runs, five runs, two runs, and then we go to the very first two games: six runs and eight runs. And these are total, right? Yes, for the games. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And we I talked you were doing about like this. innings. I'm like, we never, we never gave up no eight no. rounds in an inning. <laughs> no, when we're talking, and when we're talking about, because and the, and this is something that uh, I, I, you know, I, I did that little bit of analysis when I wrote my article about the the first week's pitching, which is on the site. You can pull up 
Um, and I talked about the fact that if he did an exercise based on last season, that um, that if uh, if you if if you assume that IU scores the same number of runs in every game, and you change the opposing number of runs to six, Indiana has a winning season. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, they were battling against each other. It was yeah. like the bullpen against the the, the bats. I, I remember that. And, it was frustrating. And 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 it, I was it was kind of interesting because Coach echoed that that himself last night in saying that yeah we've been telling these guys our goal is to hold them to six runs yeah that's the goal that they're they've been talking about and they've been doing a lot better than that yeah <laughs> yeah yep. I mean there's the eight run game but that but three of those in the eight run game that was the game that the, the defense went the off errors. the rails that yeah. three yeah, of those were unearned yeah. So it's and even been, that game, they weren't uh, exactly gangbusters. That game felt like we could right. come back, and we did have the tying run on the on-deck circle yeah. in the ninth yeah. inning of that game. So, yep. mm-hmm. But the point is, at no point have they given up more than six, under, six earned runs in a game. And, yeah. um, and since the first two games, it's been uh, five has been the most. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, just got to get the bats going. That's it. And, and we're not going to see as much – this is the best pitching we're going to see consecutively all year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> think yeah. about it. When are we going to see uh, two weekends worth of times uh, in a row? I don't think we're going to. Uh, we might. Hold on. <laughs> Better than those two? Yeah. Or comparable, okay. at least. I, I would say Iowa, Illinois, back-to-back. Those, that's going to be a tough okay. set of arms. And when is that? That I. That is uh, uh, mid-April. Yeah. See? Okay. But I would think the bats will have plenty of time to adjust, and we'll have some tape on those guys, and yep. it'll be a much different fight, I would think. And a little warmer. Yeah, because that helps. I always got that Saturday guy that, that throws near 100. 100, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I yeah. saw that. I saw that. Now he's, he's uh, effectively wild, so. I was going to say, those, those, those fastballs make their way out of out past the outfield real quickly if, <laughs> yeah. if they're not but, placed well. Yeah, but also, I mean, the thing is, is Iowa, their pitching is just very deep. Mm-hmm. They've got five starter guys that are basically able to truly start. Their uh, their depth is going to be... Iowa Iowa may be the team to beat in the Big Ten this year. Hey, I know we're going to be much still more prepared, harping. though. Everyone's harping on Maryland, but I'm telling you right now, Iowa seems, to, at least out of the gate, my Iowa seems to be the team to be right now. All right, so we'll beat them. Yep. <laughs> They're the team to beat. <laughs> Remember, Josh Pine picked them as his, uh, his most looked ahead to series mm-hmm. after yeah. that nonsense uh, to end the year last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, we don't have a series this weekend. You know, we have the. Speaking of schedules, I could yeah. at least get into that a little bit. We don't have a series, so to speak, but we're at an event, the Keith McClare Classic. Um, it's hosted by East Carolina, and that's who we play on Friday. So it's their home crowd. They have this jungle, all these crazy fans outside. It's a real fun atmosphere. We played there before. I believe we got the head coach ejected, if I remember. Um, is it Braden Scott on the mound? And, uh, oh, I remember something <laughs> Their about coach that. got a little angry. That was 2020. Yeah. That was a big win for us in 2020 before the season yes, got it called. Was. Yeah. Oh, I remember yeah. that night. I forgot. But this one's a little earlier. That was in 19. Yeah. That was a pretty late game. This one's a 4.30 Eastern start. It is on ESPN Plus. And uh, 
99 out of 100 times, you can on demand the game on ESPN Plus. So if you can't watch it live, put your phone away, whatever. I don't know, I can't do that. But some people I heard can ignore things and then watch it later. If you're one of those people, um, you can check it out on demand. Saturday and Sunday, there is no TV. Okay. Uh, 12 noon, we're playing Georgetown. And that's going to be our play-by-play guy, uh, Griffin, uh, doing the play-by-play. We're going to put the link out for that. So you can check out Georgetown. They actually, we saw before we went live, uh, before we were recording, that they actually got a vote in, in one of the polls this week for top 25 from uh, national college baseball writers. So I guess the expectations were a little higher for Georgetown than normal. Um, and then on Sunday, you get breakfast with the Hoosiers, 11 or 11.30. We're not exactly sure when first pitches. We've seen uh, varying reports. Around 11, we're going to go. Have your bagels and your coffee with Hoosier Baseball against Long Beach State, the dirtbags. And, uh, you know, from what uh, Carl was saying, right, you're saying they're up-and-coming team? Yeah, they're, they're on the, the upswing. That the, mm-hmm. that whole league has been struggling in the last couple of years. Uh, it sounds at least just – I mean, Grant, we're basing this on the first two weeks that uh, sure. the league the league seems to be a bit stronger this year. So, I mean, that is I mean, obviously – That was a tradition of – Great tradition. Exactly. This is a you know great saying? tradition. Yeah. But I, also, <laughs> tradition don't help your RPI. So and, let's and hope that also, they have a good year, too. They've also got far and away the longest trip. True. So, yeah. and that that that's a lot of time zones to to yeah. hop there and and didn't have a mid. sure that's why they're playing first, so they can get that a dodge after the game. Yeah. Oh, I bet. But yeah, but that's the weekend. It's it's day games, you know. During the weekend, you still got uh, the home series coming yep. up. We go back to series play. I guess this is the only the only event, right? Sometimes we go to several of them, but this is it where we're going to play multiple teams in a weekend. Yep. So it could be fun. Check out different uh, teams, and obviously we become Long Beach State and Georgetown and East Carolina fans after this weekend to get three wins here or two out of three would be big. But yeah, check it out. Uh, two radios, one TV. So that's cool, and. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully by Sunday night, we're yep. sitting there two out of three minimum. Yeah. And if you don't have the ES10 PM plus, you will also have Griffin on uh, Friday too. So. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like everybody wants that TV. Where's it? Is it on TV? But no, that we're grateful that Griffin's there, you know, without him, yes. what would we have? We would have a uh, game day robots to look at, move across the screen. You know? Oh, so. we've, we've, we've done that one before. <laughs> we are grateful. Not, we have a play by play. He's very good. He very is. good. He yes, really he is. is. I appreciate him. That's for sure. Yes. But yeah, that's for next weekend. And um, I'm assuming that we won't have too many of these two series in a row, but you never know conflicts, scheduling and stuff. But we do try to do it after each weekend. And yep. I will say quick forecast note, looks like there could be chance of wet on Friday, mm. but Saturday, Sunday look absolutely gorgeous. Okay. and that should be all that we'll cover in the next one because the we have a rare wednesday uh midweek at following that so we'll probably have our show before the midweek game Mm -hmm. all right any uh final thoughts we want to cover before we uh before we call it a show well, for me, just glad the season's back rolling. Had a great time on the trip, seeing faces, you know, that you might only see at the ballpark. Obviously, it was a road ballpark, but there was a lot of yeah. faces we knew there. There were a lot of faces. <laughs> Had a great time. Um, looking forward to getting back to the bar. Is that Wednesday night? Is that a home game? 
Yes. Yeah. Oh, great. So I'll be there. That'll be my first one this year. And then, of course, getting back to the games. Just, it's, I know if, if my brain actually is now used to February college baseball so after five, six years of this. It seemed <laughs> very strange in the beginning. Yeah. But to, to be going to games that matter before spring training has even started for the Mets was like a weird brain thing for me. But I'm used to it now, and I'm glad we got the season rolling. I'm looking forward to good things. I, I'm impressed so far. And I, I was really kind of kept my expectations lower because last year I was very high on expectations and it didn't pull through. But, uh, I don't know. I'm impressed with what we've seen so far, and I'm looking forward to more. Yes. Wholeheartedly agree. Yep, and I will be right on board with that, too, especially just the the the, the way this pitching staff has performed yep. has just been. And I guess the only thing I think I will add is <clears throat> I have been really impressed with the team fundamentals. Mm-hmm. So I think the you obviously you really highlighted, Chris, what, what Pete Cerruto did. But there's so many pieces that allow that to happen. You know, the pitching is a big part of that. Um, obviously, the, the, the middle infield. Um, and you know, with the exception of a couple hiccups, you know, that first game under, um, you know, with the exception of a couple hiccups, the, the fundamental aspects of how this team has performed are noticeably better. Um, the performance of the catchers, the... I mean, pitch framing, little things like yeah. that, um, how they're holding runners, um, just that stuff is, is crisp. You're looking at uh, good cutoffs and um, and relays. Yeah. The cutoffs and relays look good. All that stuff just they're they're It just looks like it's a fundamentally uh, it looks like a veteran fundamental team, and yeah. that is really really good to see. Yeah, and seeing just the uh, the depth in the in the field is insane and we we knew coming in because it was such a young team last year pretty much everybody back uh knew it'd be hard to uh, for anyone new to make their way in but a few have and have done well and we've got some rotations going on and yep. all right well, I think we'll go ahead and call it then. Uh, that will do it for this edition of Talking Hoosier Baseball. Um, you can uh, follow uh, iubase.com, go to iubase.com, or follow us on our various social media. Uh, so, so please go ahead and do that. Uh, I've been trying to live blog most of the games. Um, uh, I'll be happy on feedback. If anybody has on, on social media, give us some feedback on uh, if, that has, if that is helpful. Uh, based on the stats, I think especially games in which it's radio only, <laughs> it seems to be v- very popular for those. Um, I tried it at the BART yesterday. It was actually a little, I had a little difficulty with <laughs> handling that at the BART, so I don't know how much I'm going to be able to keep that up or not. We'll see. Uh, but let me know what you think on that. So, uh, I, And on any on any aspect of the team or our coverage, uh, we would love to get some, some interaction. We love when we have some interaction. So looking forward to, to seeing more of that. All right, so for Cassidy Palmer and Chris Feeney uh, and uh, Josh Bennett, who uh, might be able to join us next week, hopefully, um, I'm Carl James. Uh, See you at the BART.